In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went also, he went from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea. That is where Bethlehem, the town of David, was Joseph went there because he belonged to the family line of David. He went there with Mary to be listed. Mary was engaged to him. She was expecting a baby. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And angels of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left there and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Well, that was wonderful. I love that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was great. <laughs> I don't have my mute button where I normally do. I got to reach back here. Sorry about that. Hey, let's continue in worship now by uh, turning with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to be picking up the story. Now that we heard uh, the story of Jesus' birth, we're going to be picking up in verse 25. I've been told... Uh, that uh, kids, you guys have bingo cards. Is that right? Does everyone have a bingo card? So uh, I think the way that it works is when I say a word, you guys can cross it out, and then hopefully you guys can get bingo. So you're going to have to listen very closely so you don't miss anything because we've got prizes in the back for you if you get bingo. So if I say, for example, the word Bible, then I guess you can cross off uh, the Bible on your card. Or if I would say a random word like fish, I think fish was on there, you're going to, uh, can cross that off too. There's two free ones, but the rest of them you're going to have to pay attention. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah, we can go grab some cards in the back if you need to. Like I said, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 this morning, starting in verse 25. So uh, why don't you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, uh, once again, we just come to you and we thank you. We praise you for who you are. Uh, you, are, um, you are so good to us, God, and uh, 
on a day like Christmas morning, uh, help us to just see and experience and just know your goodness uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt, God. Any good thing that we can experience in this life is just a taste of your goodness to us and the fullness that we'll experience of that when we do finally get to have um, complete restoration and complete freedom from sin and a complete reconciliation uh, with you in heaven, God. And so we, we just long for that. And so on a day like Christmas morning, as we just get to sense a, t- a taste of that, God, just help us to long for the real thing even more, Lord. You're so good. Help us, uh, as we look to your word now, uh, just speak to us uh, through it. Uh, speak through me, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is our uh, last uh, week of our kind of little mini-series called The First Christmas Songs. Uh, our last Sunday, uh, which feels like a long time ago, uh, we um, went through uh, Mary's Magnificat. We saw this humble servant in Mary who understood that Jesus was coming to flip the world really on its head. And, and we saw more than anything this Christmas that Jesus doesn't want your best as what you think is your best. He just wants your heart. And then in our uh, unfortunately virtual Christmas Eve Eve service, we took a look at Zechariah's hymn for the birth of his son, John, who would be the first prophet who could ever point to flesh and blood. Just think about that. How cool is that? The prophets of old prophesying of things that they didn't know. John the Baptist being the first prophet who could point to flesh and bones and say there is salvation. That right there is the mercy of God right in front of us. And now we have the privilege to do the same as people who have experienced his salvation. And say we know the mercy of God in Jesus. This morning... We're going to close by looking at one final Christmas song. It's the song of Simeon in the temple. And it is an appropriate one uh, to close on on Christmas morning because it's all about anticipation. And Christmas morning in itself is also a day of anticipation, right? Uh, many of you have, uh, we have like three of these advent calendars in our house, right, where you kind of flip the thing from one day to the next and counting down until Christmas. I mean, if you got something like that, raise your hand. Or raise your hand, parents. Okay, put your hands down. If there was a major argument at some point in December about whose turn it was to do the calendar on that day, did that happen? In, okay, that's a, good, <laughs> a lot of hands in the back there. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's, uh, I think, pretty, that's what Christmas is all about, right, arguing about who gets to do the advent calendar on that day. So it's a, it's a time of waiting, right, as we wait. And then finally, here on Christmas morning, we're here. The calendar flips to zero days till Christmas, and, uh, and, and the, the long-awaited day is finally here. And our story this morning is about a man who has been waiting for something his entire life. And as great as opening presents is on Christmas morning, what he was waiting for was way Better. And so to pick up on the story, we're kind of in this little Christmas series. We're kind of actually, uh, ironically, fast-forwarding through the birth of Jesus. So we just heard it read to us. And uh, also, I'd encourage, if your family hasn't read the story of Jesus' birth, uh, maybe that's a great, maybe uh, when you get home, before you open presents, maybe that's one last thing to prolong it, right, is, is read the story of Jesus' birth uh, together. But if you haven't read it, it's a good day to read it on Christmas morning. But uh, So spoiler alert, as we pick up the story, Jesus has been born in the manger and the shepherds and the angels and the whole thing. And now Jesus, as we pick up on the story, is eight days old. And his parents are doing what they were supposed to do. They're bringing him to the temple 
to get circumcised. And, and in the temple, they meet this incredible man named Simeon. Look at verse 25 with me, Luke chapter 2. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, this is cool, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when his parents brought, the child, brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. So Simeon is this devout man who loves the Lord, and he is just anxiously awaiting the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit reveals this really incredible thing to him, which is that you are not going to die until you see the Messiah. So he knew that the Messiah was going to come in his lifetime. And so when Mary and Joseph bring eight-day-old Jesus into the temple, the Holy Spirit leads Simeon into the temple on that day as well. And when he finally gets to hold the child, it's something he's been waiting to do his whole life, this is the song that he sings. I love this. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. So Simeon, I don't know how old he was. But we can guess that he's pretty old, right? He's getting up there. Maybe he's like, come on. <laughs> when's, when's this Messiah going to come? And he sees the Messiah. He says, I can die in peace now because I've seen salvation. And in this song, this brief song that he sings, we see these three beautiful truths about Jesus and why he came. Three truths that we see. The first reason that Jesus came was to bring us peace. To bring us peace. Verse 29 again. Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. We shouldn't be surprised that Simeon felt a profound peace when holding the Christ child, considering that Isaiah 9, which we just heard in the Advent reading, calls this child the Prince of Peace. And the angels sing about him, glory to God in the highest and on earth, what? Peace among to men on whom he's, his favor rests. An encounter with Jesus brought Simeon peace. We can't misunderstand why. Why did Simeon have peace? He said, because my eyes have seen your salvation. This is so important. Jesus doesn't bring any peace to those who have not experienced his salvation. Many people are trying to look to Jesus to make them feel better about their lives that might be in a sense of turmoil, and they want to find peace in Jesus without submitting their lives to him, and there's just no peace there. Jesus came into the world as the Prince of Peace. This is good news, to offer the only true peace that is available to anyone, but it only comes through salvation in Christ alone. One author put it, it says, true peace comes only when we, like Simeon, understand that salvation is Jesus Christ plus nothing. Let me say that again. 
Salvation is Jesus Christ plus nothing. And rest our souls in him alone. So if you want to find peace, it will only come through salvation in the one who came as a child. That's the first thing, reason that Jesus came to bring us peace. How's your bingo cards coming? Anyone have bingo yet? What do you guys, what do you need? Okay, we'll see what happens. All right, here's the second reason Jesus came. He came as a light for all peoples. Verse 30 says, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Jesus came as a light. Now you remember in Bethlehem, what was a sign in the sky that the Messiah would be there? A what? A star. (laughs) Good job, Lucy. Jesus came, symbolized the star in the sky, symbolizing the light that he would come to bring. But it's not just a light for Israel, it's a light for all nations. And what's really amazing in this passage is how profoundly Simeon understands this. See, Simeon's a devout Jew who's waiting for the promised Messiah. And oftentimes we see as we study Scripture... We talk about this a lot. What was Israel waiting for in the coming Messiah? They were coming primarily for uh, political and military victory as a, as a people and a nation that had been profoundly oppressed by those around them. They were waiting for the Messiah, the promised king who would reign forever and ever to deliver Israel as God's chosen people. Understandable why they would think this, right? To deliver Israel as God's chosen people to their rightful place on top. This is what Israel was waiting for in the Messiah. But Simeon understood what very few people at that time understood, which is that Jesus came as a baby for all people. That God had this Christmas present under the tree. Oh, no, sorry, excuse me. So Jesus, Israel thought that they were going to be the sole recipient of God's blessing. Israel thought that God had this Christmas present under the tree for them that said to Israel from God and inside was like salvation for them. But what they didn't realize, I'm going to kind of stretch this metaphor probably beyond what I should, okay? So if it's Christmas, you're just going to have to let, just, just go with it with me, okay? What they didn't realize was God's plan for them was way better. So I'm going to try not to be sacrilegious here. But God's plan for Israel was less like Israel getting a Christmas present and more like Israel getting to be Santa Claus, okay? What does Santa Claus do? He takes all the presents from the North Pole and distributes them all over the earth. What was Israel going to do? Israel wasn't just the recipient of God's salvation, which they were, but they were also the conduit of God's salvation to all the earth. So God's salvation would come through Israel in Christ and go out to the whole world. That's really cool. It was way cooler than Santa Claus. Jesus came as a light for all peoples. We praise the Lord for that. Simeon even says, he lists the Gentiles first. This is amazing. We need to remember that. We need to remember who God came to save 
See, Israel would have just thought that the Gentiles were just too far gone, that the Gentiles were just enemies of God, and the problem was that they needed to be defeated. In the same way, I think that maybe we can be tempted to think that there's certain people that just are enemies of God and need to be defeated, right? God came, God sent his son Jesus as a light for all the nations. And when we forget the, the, the extent of God's salvation, we forget just how far we were from God before we were saved. You understand that? We were so far gone. It was hopeless. You were an enemy of the cross of Christ. And God looked at you and sent his son into the world as the light of the world, came as a baby to live a perfect life, to bring hope and light and peace for all nations as God's offer of salvation to all who believe from every nation, tribe, and tongue. And this is why we make Christ known from our neighbors to the nations, called to go into all the world and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the second reason why Jesus came. All right, who's one away? What do you, what do you need? You got bingo, okay, who else has bingo? Got some more bingos. Who's really close? Anyone that doesn't have bingo? You need whale? Who put whale on the, on the bingo card? All right, well, I just said whale, so somebody got a bingo. What else? Okay, a bunch of people got bingo. Anyone else need, need anything else? What? Okay, we'll see. I said pray. I said pray at the beginning. That counts. All right, here's the last reason why Jesus came. Let's bring it back. <laughs> Jesus came to die for our sin, to die for our sin. We'll try to make an awkward transition here. This is interesting. After addressing Jesus, Simeon turns to Mary, and he gives Mary a blessing. But this is a much different blessing than you would expect or ever give to a new mother. Look at what he says in verse 33. And his father and his mother, Mary and Joseph, marveled at what was said about him. That's interesting. Maybe they didn't fully understand exactly at this point, they marveled at what was said about their son. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, look, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Whenever a, a baby is Born in our church at Rock Prairie, I, we try to send them a, a little gift like a baby blanket, and then I write a card and just say congratulations on the new baby. And I don't think I've ever written to a new bo- to, to a new mom, congratulations on your baby. He's really cute. Uh, I hope that one day he grows up and experiences so much suffering that it feels like a sword is just piercing right through your soul because you're watching what he's going through. I've never written that. That would be probably a little bit offensive and strange if I, if I wrote that right. It's not a very good blessing to a new mother. Yet that's exactly what Simeon says to Mary as he holds a Christ child. He says, this is going to be a sign that's opposed to many, and it's going to feel like a sword is piercing through your soul. Why? Because Simeon, once again, has this incredible understanding about this child given to him by the Spirit, which is that the Messiah was going to have to suffer and die in order to give salvation to the world. And this Christmas, I think we would do well to remember that, to remember our only hope of heaven, our only hope of eternity is because this child had to suffer and die to take the punishment that we deserve. 
So we're going to take some time this morning. We're going to remember that. And the way we're going to remember it is exactly the way that Jesus told us to, by partaking in the Lord's Supper together. It's all about remembering. This is what Jesus commanded us to do, to remember his death on the cross and his resurrection. To remember that every single one of us was dead in our sin, that we were running in the opposite direction of God, that we had no hope to be saved until Jesus Christ himself took the punishment for us on the cross, that the gospel transformed our sinful hearts and reconciled us to a holy God. If you believe in Jesus, if you've been saved and are following him, we invite you to participate with us. If you're not yet following Jesus, we'd ask you to refrain. I know parents, we got kids in here. We're just going to trust you to make this decision. If you feel like your kids have accepted Jesus as their Savior, if, you like, if you've talked to them about the Lord's Supper, they understand what they're doing, then certainly they're welcome to participate with us. If you've never had the conversation with them before, um, it, it may, might be a good idea to just hold off and, and use this as a discipleship opportunity later on. In fact, if you wanted to do that and you wanted to let one of us pastors know, we'd happy to be happy to bring some uh, grape juice and some crackers over to your house uh, later on so you can do that uh, as a family. But the way it's going to work is uh, you're just going to be kind of dismissed from the back. You're going to come through the center aisle, grab a cup, grab some bread, take them both back to your seat, spend some time in the Lord with, pr- with the Lord in prayer, and then in just a few moments, I'll lead us in eating and drinking together. Bingo.
1 Corinthians 11.23, Apostle Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. In other words, this broken piece of bread is symbolic of the sacrifice that he made on our behalf. Do this, he said. same way he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this he said as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes so as often as we eat and drink at the Lord's supper we proclaim his offer of salvation the gospel the light to all the world until he returns and makes it complete let's do that now Father God, thank you that you sent your Son, the light of the world, into a dark world, a world that was desperately in need of a Savior, and you sent us exactly what we needed, God. Thank you for the hope. Jesus offers not to us, but to the whole world, to all who believe, God. Thank you that we can celebrate on this Christmas morning. We pray in Jesus' name.